welcome to another episode of The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of Sunday, May 28th, and is preached by our pastor, Brother Mike Silvey. Our desire is that this message builds you up in your faith as you walk daily with Christ. Here now is Brother Mike preaching from Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 32, a message titled, A Family in Stress. I remember years ago hearing this song sung here at this church. The words of the song are this, I'm kind of homesick for a country to which I've never been before. No sad goodbyes will there be spoken, for time won't matter anymore. Beulah land, I'm longing for you, and someday on thee I'll stand. There my home shall be eternal. Beulah land, sweet Beulah land. And I'm sure some of you remember hearing that song as well. And the word Beulah actually comes from Isaiah chapter 62, 4, and it means to be married. And so the ideal is that it speaks of heaven as the happiest of home lives. One day, heaven will be our home, and our home will be a heavenly paradise. But today, our homes are far from that so often. I want to speak to you today about a family in stress. As we continue our series on the family, I want to speak to you about how to deal with stress because we all deal with that. No matter if you are in a relationship or you're not in a relationship and you're seeking one or you're working outside the home or you're working inside the home, uh, maybe you have children you're caring for or you have elderly parents you're caring for, we all have stress if we're in those situations. And the most important question, it really is not how can we keep the stress away? The most important question is, how do we deal with it when it comes? Because we're all going to deal with it. So in Genesis chapter 32, we have a story about Jacob and Rebekah, who had a little bit of stress in their family life as well. And this story teaches us, guides us, how to deal with stress today. I have two points in the message. The first is stress developed, and the second is stress defeated. We're going to see how God overcomes the stress in our family situations. But first, let's notice and see how we can relate to how Jacob and Rebekah had stress in their own life as we see stress developed. Now, we go back to Genesis chapter 29, the chapters leading up to our text shows us uh, how they got started in their relationship, and we see from day one that they had stress uh, involved in their life. Jacob, as you remember, went back to the east to find a wife, and it didn't take him long to, to come across uh, Rebecca, or rather, um, did I say her name right? Rachel, sorry. I mixed mix up those uh, two R names there in the Old Testament. But Jacob and Rebekah met uh, as soon as Jacob arrived there in the land of the east, and uh, it was love at first sight for him, and uh, she brought him back home, and he immediately asked her father, uh, Laban, 
for her hand. And here in chapter 29, the Bible says uh, in verse 20 that uh, he agreed to give him, give Jacob his daughter, but Jacob had to serve seven years. So the Bible says Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. And Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in to her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, the older daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her, and Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Jake, Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? So from day one, the first moment of their marriage, they had stress through unexpected realities. That's what we see here first. That's how stress developed in their lives. That's how stress develops in our situation as well. Jacob worked seven years for Rachel. Laban wasn't an honest man, and he tricked him, wasn't up front with him. And at the wedding ceremony, the, the bride was veiled from head to toe. And then on the wedding night, it was dark, and Jacob wakes up in the morning in the tent, and surprise, unexpected reality. I mean, uh, you can't get much more stressful than this. Here, here's someone's not his wife, not the one he thought he was marrying. And uh, so Jacob ends up with um, two wives. He then agrees to work another seven years for Rachel's hand, and he does that. And so he begins, and they all begin their home life with a lot of unexpected realities. It's true today. Same thing happens. No matter who you are, when you get married, there's going to be some unexpected realities in the situation. Someone has said love is blind, and but marriage is a, an eye-opener, and that, that's true. You think you're marrying a prince or you're marrying a beauty queen pageant, and you've learned after a few days of marriage, you've married someone who's more selfish than you are. And you learn you're, you're two selfish people trying to blend life together, and you're always bumping into each one another. And as you try to do life, then stress arises. This is what happened with Rachel and, and Jacob, and it happens with us as well. There's not only unexpected realities, but there are unmet goals, unfulfilled desires. Verse 30 says that Jacob also went in to Rachel and also loved Rachel he also loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served Laban still another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Rachel, or Jacob just wanted to start a family. With Rachel, she could not have children. The wife he didn't want was the one who was having children. And so these, these unfulfilled desires... Unmet needs and goals was also what created stress in their situation. The Lord sometimes allows us to go through difficulties. He sometimes does withhold his hand of blessing. We don't understand why, but it's his choice. He, he shows that he is in control of our life and not us. 
And so sometimes families do have trouble having children. And then sometimes couples who are not ready for children have children right away. And uh, the Lord sometimes just leads in unexpected ways. And stress comes in our life. But then the next thing we see in the story is um, that um, it wasn't the, the lack of children that caused the stress, but it was the house full of children. As we move into chapter 30, we find that uh, children begin to be born left and right. As Leah and her handmaid and Rachel's handmaid and then finally Rachel herself have children, there are 12 births listed in uh, chapter 29 and chapter 30. So a house full of children. There's some stress. Uh, I remember when we had uh, our second child, you know, the first one, you're, you're stressed out because you don't know what you're doing. But then the, the second one comes along, and you got a little bit more handle on it, but you got double duty. And, and it's just stressful. And I can only imagine, with 12 children in the household, how stressful it was. And so it's just building and building in their life. And uh, as we have all these extraordinary demands on our time, and in our life as well, then stress will come. Those of you who are parents and you have several kids and you, you wonder if you're ever going to have a normal life again, just hang on, you will. You'll get past it. Um, but you've got some stressful days to go through. It's just a part of it. And then, if that wasn't enough... As we continue to look at their life, we see that uh, they had conflict with in-laws. Chapter 31, chapter 30 and chapter 31 shows us the conflict that he has with Laban, his father-in-law. And to compound it all, they were in business together. They were raising livestock together. And there began to be conflict and fallout. And, and so this added to the stress. And then they had stress with families. We move to chapter 32. As Jacob finally decides to, to go back, the Lord gives him permission and he goes back uh, to his father Isaac and he's going back on his way and he realizes that he's going to have to face Esau. And chapter 32 opens with, with him preparing to, to meet Esau. And Jacob thinks he's going to get ahead of the game. And in verse 3 of chapter 32, he sends messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, country of Edom. And he, he sent a message with him, saying, Speak thus to the, my lord Esau, thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants. I have sent to tell my lord that I may find favor in your sight. So the last time he left Esau... Esau was saying, uh, I'm going to kill you. I'm coming for your life. And Jacob remembered this. And as he's coming back, he's trying to smooth the way out. He's trying to, to, to fix it himself. And things get even more stressful when he gets the news that, verse 6, the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau. He also is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. 
cue the dramatic music in the background. I mean, just Jacob's worst nightmare. All these things that have piled up in his life over these 14 years now come to a head in this moment, and he's stressed out. In fact, the, the very next verse describes him this way, verse 7, so Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And there's the Bible word for stress. That word literally means to be tied up. It means to be squeezed. And when you're stressed out, you feel like everything's coming down on you. And you feel like you can't breathe. You feel like you can't move. You feel like there, there's no way to get out of it. And this is the way Jacob felt. Everything was coming down around him and on him. And he was stressed out. And so we learn from this that no matter who you are, Jacob was right in the middle of God's will. Jacob was following the Lord's instructions. He was not a righteous man. No one is. He was a trickster. God's working on him. But he was trying to do right. He was trying his best. No matter who we are, no matter how hard we try to do the right thing, we are going to know stress in our life. And in fact, I've learned that when you do the right things at the right time, sometimes that brings the most stress into your life. And so we learn from this, we're all going to have to deal with stress. But when we're dealing with stress, we find that the Lord comes to us in special ways. And he is the one who works to help defeat the stress in our life. So number one, that stress developed. It comes to all of us, no matter who we are, no matter what station of life we're in. If you're sitting here and you're totally stressed out and you're just coming unglued on the inside and you think everybody else around you is not that way, you're wrong. More than likely, most everybody else around you is the same way or, or they were last week. And so stress is a normal part of living life under the sun. But it's the Lord who deals with it and the Lord who can defeat it in our lives. So as we talk about stress defeated, let, let's notice this at the beginning for we notice the, the four blessings that we see here that the Lord gives stressed out families from chapter 32. Let's notice this about stress and that is that the way the Lord defeats it in our life is not that he removes it from our life. He defeats it by overriding it and granting his blessing that overcomes it. And that's what we see from this story. When the Lord showed up in Jacob's life on this occasion where he had this midnight wrestling match, everything else that was a stressor in his life was still there. The difference was the Lord showed up in what the Lord did inside of Jacob's life. That's what made the difference. So from sin, we get stress. From sin, as sin has brought into this world all the problems that stress us out, and sin has brought into us the stressful responses that we have to it. Fear, anger, anxiety, depression, discouragement. All that comes from sin. The opposite of being stressed is being blessed. And that's what we receive from Christ. Christ adds his blessing to our stress and overrides it, overcomes it, empowers us through it. 
And that's what we see happening here with Jacob. And we pick up in, um, in verse 24, and I want you to see this, um, this midnight wrestling match that, that Jacob had with this mysterious character. The Bible says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he, the man, saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over, Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. So who is this mysterious figure that appeared at midnight to wrestle with Jacob? Jacob said it was the Lord himself. And this is what the scripture shows us, that this was a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ himself that he came as a man in Jacob's stressful situation to help him to deal with it. Are you stressed out right now? Is everything over your head? You don't see a way going forward? The Lord comes to you in that kind of situation. He came to Jacob at midnight and had a wrestling match with him. The word wrestle here means to roll around in the dust, get dusty. And so it was a real live, knockdown, down, drag out wrestling match, hand to hand, fist to fist, between Jacob and the Lord. Why does the Lord do this? Because Jacob needed that. Jacob needed to know that he did not have the strength to fix this, but the Lord did. And that's why he appears. So chapter 32 really is the turning point in Jacob's life. And in this chapter, we've got four blessings for stressful times that I want you to see. This is what made the difference in Jacob's life and will make a difference in our life as well. Number one is the blessing of God's presence. God showed up. And the truth of the blessing of God's presence is that God is with me. When you're stressed out, you need to remember this. You need to say this over in your mind, in your heart. God is with me. In this moment that I cannot handle, God is with me. And God showed his presence in several different ways. Chapter 32, verse 1 says that as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. It called the name of that place Mahanaim. That word means double camp. He says God has his home base 
where he sets up camp. But he's got a double camp. He's got a camp right here with me. The angels have come. God is with me. And that's why I think we read these verses that the, the angels of God appeared to him. It was a reassuring to Jacob of God's presence. And God comes to us in the same way and reassures us of his presence. He's with us. And that's what makes the difference. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 18, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as are of a contrite spirit. God is a very present help in time of trouble, Psalm 46, 1. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 23, he asks the question, Am I not a God who is near at hand and not a God far away? Five times in all the Bible, the most often repeated promise in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God says that five times. He's with us. Even when it seemed like we're alone in the middle of the night, as Jacob was, he's with us. And it is his presence that makes the difference. God is with me. The second blessing is the blessing of God's strength. The truth is God is stronger than me. God comes to us in unique ways and shows us that we can't fix it and we've got to rely upon his strength. That's what this midnight wrestling match was all about. That's why the Lord came and did hand-to-hand combat with, combat with Jacob because Jacob was used to doing things and fixing things with his hands. And Jacob needed to realize that there was someone in this situation that was stronger than him that he needed to trust. And Jacob got the message. It's interesting as you read the blow-by-blow the blow of the wrestling match, says that the Lord did not prevail against him. The Lord was doing things to try to get Jacob to his knees, and Jacob was fighting with all of his might. I mean, he gave it all that he had. The companion verse, chapter and verse is Hosea chapter 12, verse 4, where it says when Jacob wrestled with the Lord that he wept. He, he, he gave so much energy into this fight that he literally, as a grown man, was weeping at the end of the battle. Jacob poured out everything that he had. And that's why the Bible says that the Lord saw that he could not prevail against him, so then the Lord reached out and he touched his hip, knocked it out of joint. Now Jacob was hanging on for dear life. And that's why it says that Jacob's comment was, I will not let you go. The Lord said, let me go for the day's breaking. He was holding on for dear life. He couldn't stand up on his own, but he had had to hold around the neck of the Lord to, to hold himself up, and he was holding on with a death grip, and he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And it's only then that the Lord says, now you prevail. Before, when you were trying to struggle in your own might, You weren't prevailing, but now, now, he says, you prevailed. Why? Because he was at the place where he knew he needed the Lord's strength. And he gave up and gave in to him. The Lord will work in our life in unusual ways and touch us in painful ways sometimes to get us to this point. 
to where we see that he, he and he alone is our strength. That's what this wrestling match was about. The Bible says that every man in his best state is but vapor. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. We're trying to deal with life like a shadow figure, and we can't do it. We can't have effect. And the Lord's saying, come to me. Trust me. The Bible says those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, who stand and abide forever. And that's the strength that he wants to give us. This is the blessing of God's strength. God is stronger than me. That's what we need to say when we are stressed out. God is with me, and God is stronger than me. Now there's a third blessing here, and that's the blessing of God's touch. And the truth is that God's touch is with me. Now we know from the story that there are two touches that came from the Lord. The first was physical. We've already talked about that. That was the, him touching his hip, his thigh, and knocking it out of joint. But then there's a second touch, and this was the touch of his blessing. Notice again verse 29. Jacob asked him, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. That word blessing means to kneel. And so it was as if Jacob finally gave in and he kneeled before the Lord and now the Lord touched him in, inside. The first touch was to take away his outer strength. The second touch was to, to give him inner strength. This was the blessing of God's touch to give him inside what he needed for these stressful times. During our stressful times, we must kneel before the Lord to receive his touch, his inner strength, a refilling of his Holy Spirit to get through what we're facing, to face what we need to face with his strength, with his mind, and with his way. And so when we're stressed out, we need to say this, we need to say God's touch is with me, God's strength is with me. His blessing is with me. And then finally we see the fourth blessing here is the blessing of God's transformation. And this is such an important point. God did not remove all the troubling circumstances and all the troubling people from Jacob's life, but what he did is he began to work in his situation to transform Jacob and everybody else around him over time. That's the way the Lord brings victory through our stress. Is the Lord comes into our life and he begins to change us. And that's what we see here, the Lord's transformation. God is changing me. God changed Jacob first. First he changed his name. The word, the name Jacob means prankster. But God changed his name to Israel and that means prince. And so God began to transform Jacob first and then everyone else and everything else around him was transformed as well. That's God's victory. Our families are victorious not because we don't have stress. We're victorious because in our stress we're receiving God's blessing and we're seeing him beginning to transform us 
and others around us. So if you're stressed out because of someone or something, yield it to God. And as you yield it to God, you begin to see things change. It does not necessarily change all overnight, but you see some things change, you can begin to take heart because God's bringing his victory into your life. That's how he works. And here he touched Jacob first. His name changed. And then I see the second thing that changes is the place. He was at what the Bible calls the ford of Jabbok, verse 22. Jabbok means empty place. It's evidently just a desolate, open wilderness there. But when Jacob met the Lord face to face, Jacob renamed it, and he called it, verse 30, Peniel, which means face of God. He says, I've literally met God face to face here in this place. And over time, this name changed. You notice uh, possibly in your translation as it is in mine, verse 31, it's spelled with a U, not an I. It's different because over time, people pronounce it a little bit different. That happens today. We're mispronouncing and changing things over time all the time. And that's what is happening here. It's not a mistake in the, in the scripture. It, it's a reflection of really what happened in the day and time. They named this place and called it the face of God. And the little place was transformed as the place where Jacob came face to face with the Lord. And then beyond that, the personalities around Jacob were changed. Verse 32 says, from this point on, they began to change how they ate around the table. They no longer ate this muscle that shrank. And they reminded themselves on an ongoing basis that this is something that God did in our family's life. God began to change people and places from then on through what he did on this, this one night. So God brings the victory in our life as he's changing us. And that's the blessing that is enough to override all of our stress. Some people try to deal with stress by trying to turn it all around by themselves. If you turn the word stress around, it spells desserts. Have you ever noticed that? And that's the way some people try to deal with their stress. It's called stress eating. Some people try to self-medicate. Self-medicate with going after deals going after thrills or pills, all these things that are out there that people can self-medicate with to help get past their stress. But all these things can never override our stress. Only the Lord's blessing is the thing that can override our stress. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who wrestled with Jacob so long ago on that night, the one who blessed him, gave him the strength and touched him, and began to change him. He's the one that comes to us and he says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Central Word. 
Our prayer is that this message will encourage you in your walk with Christ as we dive into God's Word each and every week. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you in the week to come.